0: Welcome to the HTO channel today. I am so glad you had an opportunity to come by. So with that said, let's just jump in today. We are going to talk about, and I want you to, if you have an opportunity, if you are just um, not in the place to do it, that's okay. But we're going to do Bible study together today. So if you have an opportunity, if you can um, take a look at BibleGateway.com, or you can even use your own translation, it'll be a little easier though, if you actually have the voice translation let's study the Bible together Romans chapter 10 so again what's our why why do we do this this is based on John 17 3 and it states and this is eternal life it means to know to perceive recognize become acquainted with and understand you the only true and real God and likewise to know him Jesus As the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. Now, that was out of the Amplified Bible. But that just gives us our basis for, you know, not just wanting to have knowledge for knowledge's sake. But that we're doing this for a reason that we just want to know God and we want to know his son who he sent. And so we are just reminded of this in Hebrews 2 verses 6 through 8 where he says, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the Son of Man, that you take care of Him. You have made Him a little lower than angels, and you have crowned Him with glory and honor and set Him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under His feet. That's Hebrews 2, verses 6 through 8. And so here, just knowing that God is mindful of us, that He knows us, that our journey is to get to know him. So with that said, let's go ahead and pray together today. Heavenly Father, may you be glorified in the earth today. We acknowledge you as the supreme ruler in our lives. Father, we yield our day, our time, our talents, ourselves to you today. May you receive the glory and thanksgiving for all you have done for us. We enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts With praise, we bless your holy name. Father, be magnified in our lives today. We call you Abba, Father. Thank you for your love, faithfulness, and kindness towards us. You have manifested and demonstrated your love for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. For it is in Him we live and move and have our being. We thank you for the gift of your Son who gave us eternal life. There is, nor will there ever be, a greater gift to us. So we thank you for making him for a little while lower than the angels and crowning him with glory and honor. These things we pray and agree now and forevermore in Christ. Amen. So if you want to even pause the tape, you know, we've prayed and want to enter into your own worship, go ahead and do that now. Don't, don't let this taping stop you, but if that stirred up worship in you, just lift up your hands right now and give God a hallelujah. So with that, uh, if you do continue want want to continue on, we're going to take a look back at Ruth. Romans chapter 9. And you can find this outline on BibleHUB.com. That's Bible Hub. So it's broken down into the last episode that you heard on this podcast. Is There 33 verses. Paul's concern for the Jews is stated in verses 1 through 5. God's sovereign choice is discussed in verses six through 29, and then Israel um, unbelief verses 30 through 33. So if you need to listen to the previous chapter, you can find that episode uh, listed on the podcast. So let's just jump in. I hope you had an actual chance to get the voice translation in front of you. Uh, It's Romans chapter 10 now before we get started you hopefully you have your hi- ipad and your iphone or your journal whatever you use highlighters pens pencils here's some tips as you're going through stop and synthesize what you read You know, highlight verses that speak to you. Highlight verses that you don't understand. Jot down questions. Highlight words that you need to define. In your own words, write or verbalize what you read. Mark life verses. Now, here's an acronym that God shared with me. And I I love it. He gave it to me. It's called ROAD. ROAD, R-O-A-D, if you want to jot that down. So first we read we read, we read through the text. We might even read one day and then come back and go deeper in another day. And then O is to observe. Observe what's in the text. Who's in the text? Who's talking? Who's speaking? Where is it located? And then A, ask. Ask questions if there's something that you don't understand. Jot them down and believe that God will answer your question. And lastly, D for deduce, which means to understand or to conclude so that we can apply those truths that we've learned in our lives. So that's road R O A D read observe ask questions and then deduce. So that combined with our HTO study strategies um, should have us a good give us a good preparation. So we're going to start with verse 10 and then you'll hear me say to stop and highlight so you can just use your pen and again highlight more than what I'm telling you to pause this taping uh, pause this episode at any point in time so here's verse 10 my brothers and sisters and this is Paul writing I pray constantly to God for the salvation of my people. it is the deep desire of my heart what I can say about them is that they are enthusiastic about God but they won't lead them to him because their zeal that won't lead them to him because their zeal is not based on true knowledge. So highlight I pray constantly, highlight salvation of my people, highlight they are enthusiastic about God and then highlight not based on true knowledge. And so we actually, when we're reading, we read it, we're going to observe, we know that Paul is talking. And what is he talking about? He's talking about his fellow brothers and sisters, the Jewish nation. And then what question do we have? So you can pause and write down, is there any question that I have in here? Um, You know, maybe I need to look up the word zeal. So now we're going to do some things. So it says, I pray constantly. So how does that apply to us today? Well, we should pray constantly. And then look at what he's praying for, the salvation of my people. So that also tells us there, you know, it's good to pray. But we, we want to do Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom And then all those other things will be added unto us. So in prayer, as we seek God's way, his kingdom, his truth, his life, all the other things we won't have to spend so much time praying about. And then look at, they are enthusiastic about God, okay? So we're deducing there, concluding that it's good to be enthusiastic about God. We don't want to have a, you know, casual um, relationship with God. We want to be enthusiastic about our relationship with him. And then lastly, hopefully you've highlighted, not based on true knowledge. Not based on true knowledge. So what can we conclude from that? We need to have true knowledge. You know, Paul is saying, Hey, my brothers and sisters, my Jewish brother, brothers and sisters, they have a zeal, but it's not based on true knowledge. And so we got to think about that even in today, you know, what in my life is not based on the true knowledge of what God is telling me. So think about this. Here's some questions. We'll you'll hear me say Selah, and that's a place where we pause and reflect. So when you think about your prayer life, do you think you pray enough? And that is not condemnation. That's just something to think about. Do you believe that you pray enough, right? Paul says, I pray constantly. I pray constantly. And then here's something else you can think about. And again, you could even, if you're a journaler, pause this and write your answers down to to this. And if you're not in the position to do that, you can just meditate and reflect on your answer. Here's a second question. Are you enthusiastic about your relationship with God? Okay. And so in the voice translation, I like it because they give us notes in between the scriptures. You know, it's not a royal long commentary, but it just gives you sometimes more clarification to what you're reading. So here's the first note. God's plan to restore the world, disfigured by sin and death, reaches its climax with the resurrection of Jesus. When the king enters, all the prophecies, all the hopes, all the longings find in him their true fulfillment. There may have been earlier fulfillments, but these are only partial fulfillments, signposts along the way to God's true goal. Here's the goal the goal has been the restoration of people to a holy God. With Jesus, We find the only perfect man with right standing before God. He comes to blaze a path defined by God's justice, not by our own sense of right and wrong. All men, women, and children who commit their lives to him will be made right with God and will begin new lives defined by faith and God's new covenant. So if you don't have the voice translation in front of you, you can even just write in your journal. The goal of God is to restore his people. The goal has been the same, to reconcile and restore his people back to him. And then you can write down that Jesus Christ, he's the only perfect man standing before God. That's why we worship, praise, and adore him. And that we don't do it by our sense of right and wrong. It's by what Jesus has done and accomplished for us in our lives. And that we have this new life defined by faith and God's new covenant. So we're not even at verse 3 yet. So now we are, so, if you will, just let's continue with verse three, in their ignorance about how God is working to make things right, they have been trying to establish their own, who's the there that's the the Jewish nation, their own right standing with God through the law. Now, let me clarify it, not the entire Jewish nation, Paul is talking about those who have the zeal for God, Jews that have a zeal for God, but not based on true knowledge. So let's continue. But they are not operating under God's saving, restorative justice. You see, God's purpose for the law reaches its climax when the anointed one arrives. Now all who trust in him can have their lives made right with God. Moses made this clear long ago when he wrote, let me pause there in verse 5. Go ahead and highlight verse four, part of that. When the anointed one arrives, now all who trust in him can have their lives made right with God. That's powerful. So now Paul's getting ready to quote something that Moses has said. So let's continue with verse five. Moses made this clear long ago when he wrote about what it takes to have a right relationship with God based on the law. And here's the quote. The person devoted to the law's commands will live by them, end quote. Here's Paul again. But a right relationship based on faith sounds like this. Do not say to yourselves who will go up into heaven, that is to bring down the anointed one, or who will go down into the abyss, that is to bring the anointed one up from the dead. But what does it actually say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. So on those verses, we see that Paul is actually using Moses and he's quoting from the scriptures to make his point that it's about the trust that we have in God. It's about the right relationship that's based on faith, not based on our works. And he uses several several quotes like the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. So let's see, La, for a moment. Here's two questions. At times, do you find it difficult to trust God? You can journal your answer or reflect. When you think of the phrase, the word is near you, what? comes to your mind. What does that mean to you? The word is near you. Okay. Again, time for us to just pause and reflect. So let's continue. That is the good news. We have been called to preach to you. Verse nine. So if you believe deep in your heart that God raised Jesus from the pit of death, And if you voice your allegiance by confessing the truth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. Verse 10, belief begins in the heart and leads to a life that's right with God. Confession departs from our lips and brings eternal salvation. Because what Isaiah said was true, the one who trusts in him will not be disgraced. So what can we highlight in those verses? If we go back to verse 9, highlight in your Bible, if you believe deep in your heart, then highlight confessing the truth that Jesus is Lord. Highlight belief begins in the heart. That's in verse 10 and leads to a life that's right with God. Highlight the phrase eternal salvation. And then highlight the one who trusts in him will not be disgraced. So if you look at verse 9, you can even write, um, see here that many people have come to Christ based on these two verses in Romans chapter 10. You know that we, all it would take that Paul is saying is not the works of the law, but that if we believe in our heart, And then we make that confession using our voice and using our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We can be confident that we are saved. And Paul says here, belief begins in the heart. A lot of times we try to believe in our head. I believe that's why a lot of people may find it difficult to become one of Christ, one of his followers, because you can't believe it in your head, because in your head that's gonna bump up against your common sense. So Paul is reminding us that the belief is just something in the heart. I heard someone say recently, and uh, you know, I won't quote, Say, say, I'll just say part of it, I'm going to paraphrase. It said there are three kinds of people in the world. Those who, you know, believing in God just makes utterly no sense to them. Then there are those who need faith to believe, And then there's those who, I'm going to paraphrase, you just know in your knower. There comes to a place where you just know in your knower. You go out, you see the clouds, you see the stars, you see the flowers, you see the trees, you see animals, you see the sea, you see the beach, you see the way. You begin to just know in your knower that God is the creator of the universe and all that we are. And so Paul is saying that belief begins in the heart. It doesn't believe be, begin in the mind. And with those two acts, that that brings eternal, get this, not just salvation, eternal salvation. And then he says, he reminds us with the quote in verse 11, the one who trusts in him and who in God will not be disgraced. And so we think about what a savior is. You know, Jesus, it's God, he's God, he's Christ, he's the emancipator, Jesus, the redeemer, Jesus Christ, they call him curios. He's anyone that rescues, that delivers, right? Restores, reconciles. The Latin word for savior or save is salvator. That's what that means to actually save someone who retrieves another from danger or suffering, a guardian angel, a deliverer, a defender. That's what Paul is reminding us that he is. And so let's continue with verse 12. I hope you're getting a lot out of this. So we continue. Remember that the Lord draws no distinction between Jew and non-Jew. He is Lord over all things, and he pours out his treasures on all who invoke his name. Because as scripture says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, how can people invoke his name when they do not believe? How can they believe in him when they have not heard? How can they hear if there's no one proclaiming him? So that takes us to verse 14. So back up. Look, look at verse 12 in your Bible. Highlight and he pours 12B, second half. And he pours out his treasures on all who invoke his name. That's you and that's me. God pours out his treasures. He is a kind and loving and a faithful God. That's you and that's me. So here's a question to think about. What treasures do you believe Christ pours out in your life? Let me say that again. What treasures do you believe Christ pours out in your life? And if you have a difficult time answering this question, just ask God to show you. Ask God to bring his blessings back to your memory. So that helps us to stay in in an attitude of gratitude when we can remember the thing that God is doing. You know, in my own personal life, usually when I'm complaining, usually when I'm not giving God the glory is when I have forgotten what he's already done, what he's already done. And so listen to this statement. Faith is not something we do. It is a response to what God has already done, done already on our behalf. The response of a spirit restless in a fragmented world. So what's the main takeaway there? It's not something we do. Faith is a response to the goodness of God. So let's look at verse 15. How can some give voice to the truth if they are not sent by God? As Isaiah said, ah, how beautiful the feet of those who declare the good news of victory, of peace and liberation. But some will hear the good news and refuse to submit to the truth they hear. Isaiah the prophet also says, Lord, who would ever believe it? Who would possibly accept what we've been told? So faith proceeds from hearing as we listen to the message about God's anointed. So let's go back to 15. highlighting your Bible, they are not sent by God. Highlight Paul's quote from Isaiah. How beautiful the feet of those who declare the good news of victory, of peace and liberation. So let's think about that. Paul is saying, how can someone bring, bring truth? Let's just make it real in our lives. How can someone bring truth in our life if they are not sent by God? And so what does that tell us on our our road acronym when we deduce? Well, I need to be praying that everybody in my life, God, only those who you have sent, let them remain only God, those you have sent, let them remain because I can't hear the truth from them. If you haven't sent them, I don't want them in my life. If you haven't sent them. And then when, uh, Paul quotes Isaiah, he says, man, how beautiful Isaiah had said it, how beautiful the feet of those who declare the good news of victory. So what can we do, deduce from that? What can we conclude? When we declare the good news of victory to our friends and to our family, to our co-workers, according to God, our very feet are beautiful. So the conclusion that Paul brings us to is that faith proceeds from hearing. It proceeds from hearing, just like what you're doing now. As we listen to the message about God's anointed. That's what we are doing now. It takes us back to John seventeen three. We need faith. And it's just, it's not just working faith, right? You have that working faith, that faith that says, you know, I need a job. So I have faith for it. Or even the faith where you faith, you believe in God, right? Then there's that other level where you, you, you're just operating at a place where you just trust who he is that you get to a point I don't know. You have to pray. for. Well, I won't say you don't have to pray because he says pray at all times, pray without ceasing. But when you pray there, there's a confidence that you have that God will take care of us. Thank you. Holy spirit. When he says, remember the sparrow, remember the lily of the field. And there's a, a song out called gyra by Maverick city. How much more, how much more does he love us? The lily of the valley, how much more God does, how much more does he love us? And so we need that. We build our most holy faith when we listen to podcasts and we listen to videos and we listen to uh, Christian channels and we listen to praise and worship music. Faith proceeds from that act of hearing. So let's do a word study. You can find this on biblehub.com. You can also do a word study with other resources. I think you can find, um, there's one called Mounts' Literal uh, Translation. You can find that on Bible Gateway. That's a good, that's a quick way to get a word st- study because I love it. He puts like the actual uh, Greek right up under the English. And that's on biblegateway.com. And it's M-O-U-N-C-E apostrophe Mounts is right uh, translation, literal translation, I believe. But this is from Biblehub.com. So we have uh, the, the Greek word for faith is pistis, right? P-I-S-T-I-T-I-S. And it is a noun. Um, the phonetic spelling is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. Okay, and so what are the words that we can think of when we hear faith, belief, trust, confidence, fidelity? Those are the same words we just discussed. When you get to a place where you just trust God, you know, where he says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Then get this lean not to your own understanding and all and all in all of our ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct our paths. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So listen to this quote. Faith always has the element of assurance, certainty and confidence. An evidential value substantiating the thing we hope for. Think about that. Holy Spirit's telling me now, remember that scripture? The faith, faith, is the substance of the things we are hoping for. So with faith, there is no strain or tension. Rather, it has the element of assurance and confidence in it. If there is strain or tension, trying to persuade yourself to keep from doubting, you can be quite sure that it is not faith. Faith is not the law of mathematical probability. Faith is not natural. Faith is spiritual, the gift of God. You cannot command faith at will. Faith is always something that is given and wrought by God. My goodness, that's a powerful quote. And I apologize because I did not note where that was from. But just listen to those key words, assurance, confidence. And then the key in this quote is saying, it's not something you muster up. You know, I'm learning this in my life that there's there's faith in God, and then there's the gift of faith of the gift of the faith of Jesus Christ. There's a work, there's a faith that He gifts to us that sometimes you believe despite and you wonder yourself, how in the world? Am I so uh, sh- um, am I so sure about this? It doesn't make sense. Nothing's adding up. Why am I so sure? Sometimes that's that gift of faith where we don't have to muster it up and that there is no tension that there is. There are times when you're so sure that there's just no doubt. And yes, we do have times where we do doubt. The scripture, he says, Holy Spirit's reminding me where he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Right? In other words, so we have a mind that tries to bump up against what God is saying. Thank you, Holy Ghost. If you go back to the garden, that's why we're all in this mess today. Because God told Adam and Eve something. But then doubt came in. And the enemy uses doubt to this day still against us. You know, God said, hey, don't eat from this tree. You are you have access to everything else. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat from or you will surely die. So what does Satan come back and do? He says, oh, no, you won't surely die. You will be like God. So he used the weaponry of doubt. And he's doing the same thing today. And so in our prayer, right, Paul said at the beginning, I constantly pray. So he asked God, God, remove the doubt. When you placed things in my spirit and you birth things in my spirit, God, when something in my mind, you said, take captive of every thought and imagination that exalts itself. Come on against the knowledge of God. So you have to ask yourself, is there anything that the enemy is using? Any doubt, any trickery, any schemes that he's using? You know, he has a method. He has a strategy. But let's continue. So that's faith. That's our word study. So hopefully you wrote all that down and you got it. Again, go to BibleHub.com. Let's go to verse 18. I hope you're enjoying this Bible study with me. So verse 18. But let me ask this. This is Paul speaking. Have my people ever heard? So he's saying, have my Jewish brothers and sisters, have they ever heard? And then he answers it. Indeed, they have. Yet from here to the ends of the earth, their voice has gone out. The whole world has heard what they have to say. But again, let me ask. He says it again. Did Israel perhaps hear and not understand all this? So let's pause. Paul is saying, well, first of all, have they heard? And then he says, well, did they understand? And now he's going to give a quote. So let's read. Well, Moses was the first to say, I will make you jealous with the people who not, are not a nation. With the senseless people, I will anger you. So, and then he's going to quote. So he's quoting Moses and your Bible highlight or circle Moses. And then he's going to quote uh, Isaiah in verse 20. Now, these are both from Deuteronomy. Take a note in your journal Bible, 32, verse 21, and then Isaiah 65, verse 1. Okay, so he's quoted. So he's saying, did they hear? And then 19, he's saying, well, did they understand? And then he's saying, well, then let me quote Moses, because Moses said in your own scriptures that I will make the Jewish nation jealous with the people who are not my nation. Right. And so let's continue. Let's see what Paul says in verse 20 that Isaiah says, then Isaiah, the fearless prophet says it this way. I was found by people who did not seek me. I showed my face to those who never asked for me. So let's look at that again. That's a quote that Paul uses from Isaiah. I was found by people who did not seek me. I showed my face to those who never asked me. So Paul says, did you hear? Well, yeah, you did. Did you understand? Well, you should have because Moses told y'all, right? And now he's saying, Isaiah, he said, matter of fact, Isaiah has has said that God said that there's a people that will not seek me. And because of that, I'm going to show my face to people who never asked. So what is he saying? He's saying, well, then I'm going to go outside of the Jewish race and then I'm going to invite some other people to my table. If you ever want to Google the parable of the the great, great banquet where there's an invitation that goes out, but the invitation given to that group of people is, you know, Hey, I'm too busy. I can't show up. I got excuse after excuse. And then he says, okay, well, let me go invite somebody else. And me, I'm a Gentile. If you're a Gentile, we're grateful for that because we don't take their place. We don't take the Jewish nation place. They're still a chosen people. But you'll find in the next chapter that we have been grafted in. We have been grafted in and included in this kingdom. Matter of fact, that's why in Revelations it says, John said, I've, I saw them. Those with white robes are the 144,000 from 12 tribes, 12,000 from 12 tribes, right? That they were from all nations. And so we are ecstatic that we've been invited to the table as Gentiles to be able to create this. God created this kingdom of priests made up of Gentiles and Jews. And so last verse 21, and as to the fate of Israel, here's Paul. God says all day long, I opened my hands to a rebellious people who constantly work against me. That's Isaiah 65, verse 2. So we highlight rebellious people. Again, road. Read, R for read, O for observe, A for ask questions, D for deduce, conclude, or understand. Rebellious people. We don't want to be known as a rebellious person. Do we disobey? Yes, we disobey. But to be a rebellious person means you've just set your heart against God. We needed a savior. Remember, we needed a redeemer. We needed someone who was a deliverer. We needed Jesus Christ to be our great high priest. We needed him to be the kinsman redeemer. We needed that. Because by nature, we sometimes disobey, but there's a difference between being in disobedience and being rebellious. And so we never want to be known to God as a rebellious. Rebellious is for those who are going to, at the end of the the earth, of this earth, that they will be thrown in the lake of fire. We never want to be rebellious. We are saved from that judgment. We are saved. And and if you're not Jewish, we are rejoicing that God invited us to the table and we have been given, like Paul said, the gift of eternal salvation. It's not temporary. It's eternal. We've already moved into life eternal. Our bodies will not experience eternal life, but who you are, who I am on the inside, we are already experiencing it. So here's our our main point. Here, jot this down in your journal. So faith proceeds from hearing as we listen to the message about God. God's anointed. That is why we do what we do. That's why we can no longer say we don't have time. We can no longer say that we, um, we just don't have time for God because it's crucial. The, the hearing the message, studying the word, getting around others who can help us to build our, our most holy faith is crucial to who we are and to who we become. And so I encourage you to do what I do. It's called Spotlight on the Scriptures. It's where we just take a moment and we just look at maybe other verses outside of what we studied. We we studied Romans 10 out of the voice translation. So here's an additional uh, verse that I actually found outside of that. And it's found in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. And I found it in the Amplified Translation. It states, For in the gospel, remember what we just read? The good news. The righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. As it is written and forever remains written, the just and upright shall live by faith. I mean, that says a lot. Because in this verse, it's saying that the gospel or the good news, it comes from faith. So we, you know, we become saved like Romans 10, 9 and 10 because we believe God, right? We confess with our mouth. We believe in our heart. And then that same faith leads us to more faith. Right. And then it's the revelation awakens more faith. And so we keep building our most holy faith. And why? Like the end of the verse said, because the just and the righteous, we live by faith. Not just working faith, but we live by faith. That is we trust, we rely on, we have full assurance that God is who he says he is. And then when we doubt, right, we will not doubting who he is. There comes to a place as we grow in Christ that's settled, that's settled. But when we have moments of doubt, like about our jobs or, you know, where we should live, blah, blah, blah. Then we just come in because we live by faith, right? We believe God is the, the master potter. We're the clay and he knows what's best. And so we live by faith. So what do we do? We go to God and we say, hey, you know, I'm supposed to move to Arkansas or uh, there's this job in Arkansas. God, and because that person lives by faith, because I trust you, have full assurance in you, and I am confident that you know what's best for me, I'm going to activate the faith by praying and asking you, God, should I move to Arkansas? And then when you get the answer... Right. You have that confidence that you've heard from God because he says my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice. They will not follow. So that's how the just live by faith. So I pray you have been blessed by this. Let's be reminded of what it says in Joshua one and eight. This book of the law. Remember, we're talking about faith cometh by hearing shall not depart from our mouth, but it sh- but we shall meditate on it day and night, that we may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then we will make our way prosperous, and then we will have good success. So what is that scripture saying? That's saying to us when we conclude, right, we observe, well, the book of the law, what is that? That's the Bible. Depart from my mouth, what he's saying is, he's saying that, you know, it's something that you meditate on it. You, you you chew on it, you observe to do what's written in it. And then there's the conclusion. Okay. Then you can be, we can be prosperous and prosperous in his eyes, right? Because everybody defines prosperity different, but prosperous. According to third John one and two, beloved, I wish above all else, thou mayest prosper. What? And be in health. And how, even as your soul, that is your mind, your will and emotion, prospers. And then he said, this is just a formula, right? Meditate, like two plus two equals four. Meditate, day and night, that's like two, right? And then observe to do, two plus two, okay, got that. And then four, make your way prosperous. Have success. The success, not of the world but the success according to God. And so if you're you're listening to this, God bless you for spending this time. I hope you've enjoyed this time of Bible study. I know it's a podcast, um, but, it, but it'll allow you to be able to just sit down with God and just have someone of like a little study partner. You know, we're in this situation that we're in right now, praying through that this changes, but it just helps to just break the word with someone. So if you're not saved right now, this is a time where you can become saved using the very chapter we just studied. Romans 10, 9 through 13 is great in the Amplified Translation, so you could have an understanding. I encourage you to read over that. But right now, you can repeat after me if you're not saved. Just say, Lord, say, Lord I ask you right now to come in my life. Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And God, I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And because of that, God, I know without a without a doubt from this day forward, I am saved. Father, I'm believing you in my heart and I'm being freed from the guilt of sin and I'm made acceptable in your eyes. God, I know that you said in verse 11 that because I believe, I adhere, I trust and I rely on you that I will not be disappointed. God, I thank you that whether I'm Jew or Gentile, you are Lord over us all. Thank you, God, that because I called on the name of the Lord this day, I am saved. So we rejoice with you. The angels are rejoicing. Now all of us, the rest of us, we will continue just to build up Becoming more more of a house of prayer, we are all called to intercede and stand in the gap for every for for this nation, for people, for family, friends. So, who is it that the Holy Spirit is bringing your mind right now? Jot it down. You can jot it in your journal. You know, if you're busy on your on, on your job, you know, quick prayer for that person. And then, is there somebody that you know that's not saved that you're praying for their salvation? And then is there somebody or even yourself that you need to make, you need to decree and declare scripture over your life that you will be prosperous. You could even use the last Joshua 1 and 8, that God, I'll meditate day and night. And because of this, I will be prosperous. I will have good success. So remember, remember where he said, how beautiful are the feet of those who participate and sharing the good news, so share the good news, wherever God's leading you, share the good news, and ask him how to share the good news, okay, so I pray you've been blessed, so let's just end with a blessing today, number 624 through 26, may the eternal one bless and keep you, may he make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you, may the eternal lift up his countenance to look upon you, and give you peace, And as HTOs, we remember Proverbs 4 and 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. So I hope you in this day, you start this day, end this day, whatever you're doing before before you're going, going to sleep. I thank you. We praise God. We give him the hallelujah. We exalt him. I pray in the name of Jesus that we and pray for me that we continue to just keep growing in God, growing in God together, together. We might not ever see each other, but just grow in God. We grow in God. So I thank you for this time. Until again, be blessed, be mighty, mighty blessed in Jesus name. Amen.